Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to read from uh, John's Gospel, John chapter 19, and I'm going to read verses 30 to 37. Um, it's the death of Jesus and the events that follow. So John 19, beginning to read at verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Jesus is dead. In goes the spear, out comes the blood and water, all of which means that Jesus has been dead for some time. Uh, in the chest cavity, the blood has separated into a watery layer, the plasma, and then a dark red layer, which is the red blood cells, hence the blood and the water. And says, John, he who saw it has borne witness, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he's telling the truth that you also may believe. Christianity is not a stained glass window. A real man dies an ugly, gasping, shameful death. It's a baptism of suffering and blood. It's wretched, violent, squalid. But, says John, don't hide your eyes from it. Look on him whom they have pierced. And John quotes from Zechariah chapter 12, verse 36, For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 37, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Now, John's not kind of grabbing a verse that somehow sort of fits the scene. He's importing the whole prophecy. That one verse that he quotes is to trigger in our minds the whole prophecy in Zechariah. And that prophecy begins, Zechariah chapter 12, and I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. Says the Lord in Zechariah, they will look on me. And then in the same breath, he says they will look upon him. 
So which is it? Are they looking on the Lord or are they looking on this other, on him? Well, of course, it's both. Because it's speaking of God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's speaking of the man crucified. And when they look on the crucified one, says the prophecy, bitter tears. It's a sorrow so profound, it can only be compared to parents weeping over the death of an only child. But as you read on in that prophecy, and maybe have a look at it later, it's a grief that's felt throughout the land. And it's a grief that touches all God's people. And says John, see it now. See it now with New Testament eyes. That's what he wants us to do. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. They will look on him whom they have pierced. So what is it saying? Well, it's saying when God pours his spirit upon us, we see. We see what once we could not see. We see Christ crucified. They will look on him whom they have pierced. Who is the they? It is those who weep. God's spirit opens our eyes to see our part in the crucifixion. Brothers and sisters, this was my doing. I pierced him. It was my sin that nailed him to the tree. It was my iniquity that cost him so dear. It was my rebellion that made his death necessary. And as I look, there's no beauty, there's no soft focus, there's no mood music, but it's a body smashed, a body broken, a body that's been gasping for breath, gaping wounds, naked, awash with blood. Jesus is handed over to his enemies, to the wrath of God, to death, to sorrows untold. And as I look, says John, see that this is my doing. And as that spear is thrust into his side, and as the blood and the water gush out, I begin to realize that his heart is pierced. Pierced for me. I have broken his heart. I have played my part in the death of God's son, God's only son, God's beloved son. Did we realize that our sin would cost him so dear? And now it's our hearts that are broken. But that's not the end of the prophecy. Because it goes on to say, on that day, there shall be a fountain opened up for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. 
a fountain opened up, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out, you might almost say at once there fountained out, blood and water. As that spear goes in, the blood and the water fountains out, and the sign is unmistakable. Jesus, by his cross, has opened up that cleansing fountain. And I, a sinner, great sinner that I am, can be washed clean. All my sins washed away. And as I begin to see that and understand that, then my bitter tears, my tears of sorrow, turn to tears of joy and wonder and thankfulness. No one has ever loved me like he has loved me. And so as we come to prayer, we come as great sinners, but sinners who've been cleansed from our sin and our uncleanness. And we therefore come with full assurance, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And we come to a throne of grace. And we come to him in awe and wonder and love. Charles Wesley wrote, Then let us sit beneath his cross and gladly catch the healing stream. All things for him account but loss and give up all our hearts to him. Of nothing think or speak beside my Lord, my love is crucified.